for the school year just ended, May 2022. You heard some bad language in the room. You had some discipline issues in the room. And we're going to talk about them all today. Maybe during the summer, we can work out ways to be better prepared. I've got four more days of school. I haven't really decided to work all four. In fact, I know on Monday I'm definitely not working because I've got an activity I need to be a part of. But we're in wind-down mode again. We're going to talk about discipline today. Discipline is one of the most popular topics on this podcast. I mean, we're up to episode 157 And it's kind of interesting. I actually, two weeks ago, went back and recorded a new opening, just like a 30-second opening for our very first episode from June of 2019, just so that people know. I left the episode intact, but I wanted people to know as they were listening, this was our first episode, and we're up to 157. So I encourage everyone to listen and then shop, window shop a little bit, not, not expecting them to listen to all 150 episodes, but look around for the ones you like. But by far, the ones that end up being the most downloaded, the top 10, is just full of episodes about disciplining situations. I started to call this episode Reliving the Past Year's Discipline, and you know, that that was almost had too much of a negative edge to it. So what I want to deal with today, I'm going to tell you all the situations that Well, it's not going to be all the situations, but I can kind of group situations into categories. We're going to talk about different things for which we had to discipline. I'm going to start out with language, and the reason being that has changed so much over the years. Different schools handle it different ways. The words that are offensive to me, mostly, may not be offensive to you, and maybe even vice versa. Are there words that I let go that you all probably don't? Well, there is. Now, I am going to point you once again to Substitute Teachers Lounge Facebook group. There was a very intense discussion about language, and to the point that a lot of people were telling me, oh, you can't let them say that. Well, they haven't directed anything at an individual. So I let it go for a while, and then I ended up closing it to comments, not because I thought somebody said something that was absolutely terrible. Most everybody contributed to the conversation, but then we got to posting links about situations in schools, and I decided, well, that post has run its course. We are no longer posting things that will help us through this situation. We're just kind of posting things that will exacerbate the situation. And that's a discussion. You can go look at that. I didn't take it off. I just closed it for comments. And in fact, some others tried to start it back up, the negative part, through other posts. So I'm now gone to, you have to have your new topic approved 
but I don't think there's any that I haven't approved yet. If I, th- if I, it might, it's going to be my opinion. It's my page. If I think you're just trying to stir things up, that's not getting in. We want to do something that's productive. Same as this. I'm going to go through the discipline situations that I've had really over the last three years and how I handled it. And I will interject some of the thoughts that have come from our Facebook group because it is obvious to me that you guys have to go through things that I don't ever go through through my area. Am I going to say it's always the student's fault? I'm not, but that's what we're going to work on. Maybe our discussions today are things we can work on over the summer so that when this comes up in in the new school year, and we have to deal with it. We already know what we're going to say. My, you know, I, I guess I quote my dad all the time now. Just this just popped into my head, but and I'm going to paraphrase because I can't remember exactly how he used to say it. But it was something to the effect of: if you wait to make a decision when you're actually faced with a situation, a lot of times it's the wrong decision. You have to decide what you're going to do right now, for something that may happen in the future. Think through the things this summer that what if this happens? What if this happens? What if this happens? This is how I handle it. Let's talk about language first. I am 64 years old, and some of you in bigger areas may think this is ridiculous. I grew up in a small town, and I remember when using the word sucks in the classroom got you in just as much trouble as any other word you can use. My, how things have changed. Have you ever gotten through a day, a school day, that you don't hear the word sucks? Have you ever gotten through a school day where you haven't used the word sucks, maybe even in front of the students? That's changed. Now, There are things that I let go, especially in high school. Not that the language is any more appropriate there, but there are some language I let go. Personally, the language that bothers me the most is a casual usage of God or Jesus, but that's just because of the way I'm raised. Some of that doesn't bother you at all. Whereas some of the words, let's face it, me and my uh, preacher have actually had this discussion on the Church Debater and Preacher Mike podcast. The only words that make that are dirty are because we made them dirty. If I just created a new word today and decided to make it dirty, maybe it would catch on. But all these words that we don't want in the classroom— You know, maybe at one time they weren't offensive, and now they are. When you hear a student say a certain word, it's going to bother you or it's not. Now, part of this discussion that was in the Substitute Teachers Group Facebook page, it really began with words that may be wrong for the classroom for certain students, and not wrong for others, whether culturally, whether background. I don't know how best best to describe that. I'm not going to give you all the details of that post, but you may already know what I'm thinking about. So then the discussion went to, well, our schools have policies, and you can't use those words 
in the classroom, and I thought, well, now, wait a minute. Are you telling me that your school has a policy that's got all those words individually listed on that policy? I don't think any school does that. If they don't, that policy is no good because it still leaves it up to the teacher to determine what those words are. So here's what you need to work on during the summer. Is there going? And, and by the way, let me tell you this story. There was a situation, it's been a few years ago, where I told a student to stop using a certain word. He was using it casually. It was a word that I didn't like that you may not have a problem with. I told administration, administration not only does a really good job, this particular administration I would classify as friends, but they still had to make a decision. And I told them all that, and basically they just let it go. They didn't get back to me, and I knew it was their way of saying, all right, I need to realize that those words, I won't use say acceptable. They didn't tell me that word is acceptable, but their silence told me that, you know, that's probably words that the kids heard at, heard at home. Are we going to let them use every word in class? And let's face it, if you wanted to rank words on which were the worst and which were okay to use in class, you've already got words in your mind. You know which ones you would include and which ones you weren't. So, Work this summer in when that situation comes in class, decide how what you're gonna do. I'm not gonna tell you exactly what you're what you should do. Here's what I do, especially in high school and even in the middle school, since that's all I teach. I don't know what if I would handle it, if it's even fair to consider it handling it differently differently in elementary school. I'm gonna guess that maybe the majority of our listeners are elementary school teachers. But I have said this to students, and it seems like all of them understand and actually apologize because I don't jump on them. I don't say, you cannot use that word in this class. Here's what I say. I just walk up and say, okay, guys. Now, I'm talking about the ones that I overhear casually at a table. Sometimes I'll just let those go because I know they're just talking to friends, but Occasionally, I will say, guys, I can't tell you how you can talk at home, but those are words that I'm not real crazy about. If you're going to say them in my classroom, wait until it's somewhere I can't hear. And they usually say, I'm sorry, Mr. Collins, you're right. That's better to me than walking up to them and say, you can't say that word in here. There's two reactions to the same thing. This summer, decide which of those reactions is best for you. Or if you have a better one, I want to hear about it. Let me know. You can either do gregcollinssubstitute at gmail.com or you can put it on our Substitute Teachers Lounge Facebook group. So enough about language. We've totally solved that problem, right? Now I'll talk a little bit more about tattletales. I'm not a big tattletale fan, man. I, When I hear one student, and the younger the student, the more this happens, of course. Sometimes they'll even call them snitch. I know I used that word once in a Facebook group, and somebody called me out and said, well, that's only supposed to be used for prison people. And I'm thinking, okay, I mean, 
every kid, I hear that word every day at school. Hey, Judy snitched on me and I got in trouble and all this kind of stuff. I tell kids I don't like tattletales. If you feel you need to tell me something from a safety standpoint, that's okay. I don't want you telling me that Sal didn't do her homework. I'll find that out soon enough, okay? So think about this summer, how you're going to deal with tattletales. Do you like them? Do you like the kids coming up to you and saying, you know, kind of telling on the others and what they've done? A lot of times it's because of jealousy. Since this student doesn't get to do it, they don't want the other student to get to do it. Think about your tattletale story. I've actually called them out in class in a joking way, but it lets them know, and they'll laugh about it. They, it lets them know that I don't want you tattling on others. That's the teacher's job. I'll find out unless, obviously, it's a safety issue. Then by all means, come and tell me. You know, there's fighting in school sometimes. I can only recall Two instances of fighting, they were both in a middle school. I have not had any fighting in a high school, which is probably unusual since I've substitute taught now for, what did I say, 18 November 2018. So what do we got? That's three and a half years if I'm doing my math right. I'm a math teacher. Did I get that right? 19, 20, 20, yeah, two, uh, three and a half years, almost. Doesn't matter. Either way, fighting can happen. I'm not sure, I, you know, I could sit here and say I'm not sure how I would handle a fight in high school, and that's exactly wrong for what this topic is about. So this summer, I'm going to work on, okay, if I have to break up a fight between two individuals in a high school that are larger than me, how am I going to handle that, work through it? Obviously, from a discipline standpoint, that's an automatic. If the two instances I had of, of fighting in middle school one of them was because somebody was sitting in somebody else's seat and it ended up being, it was just a little light shove at first, but then before I could get there, one student had grabbed the other one around the neck and put him on the floor. And of course, I just walked them up to the office. They were both very quiet about it and in fact, sat in the office just a few feet away from each other until they were dealt with. And then I had one that Somebody said something about a family member to another student, and he punched him in the shoulder, and I walked him individually. Here's what I said to all three of those students. I said this. Listen, guys, you know I don't like taking you to the office. When a situation like this is developing, come to me first and talk, let's talk about it. Once it gets physical, then by school rule, I have to take you to the office. If all that's happened so far is some words and maybe I can help you all deal with that, I'd much prefer that. So that's what I'd recommend to you as you can. If you see something that's developing into a fight, try to get between the students, maybe set them down close to you depending on their age and see if you can talk things through and settle things down before it gets physical. When it gets physical, then the discipline is automatic, okay? Now, would I ever discipline a student for doing something that other students did that I didn't discipline for? The answer is yes. Here's where I'm coming from. I call it the new offender. If 
somebody has done something in class and I've told them not to do that. Let's say two people were doing it and I finally got fed up with it and said, guys, don't do that anymore. Well, let's say they stopped doing it. But let's say seconds later, another student did it. Or maybe it was right after you made that comment. They thought it was cute if they did it since the other kids were doing it. Well, that third student's going to get in trouble in my book. He's the new offender. The first two, they probably knew they were doing something silly that they shouldn't be doing in class. But once I issued the warning, they were done. The student that did it later did it after I warned them. That is the student that's going to get in trouble. I call it the new offender. I tell them, listen, you're going to get in more trouble for doing the exact same thing after I tell you not to than before I told them not to, okay? So you need to keep that in mind. The new offender. How are you going to deal with new offenders? I'll give you an example. There was some things that happened in a high school class once that sometimes I'll even, especially in middle school, if, if they're doing something very immature in middle school, like I'll just say it, making fart noises with their mouth and their arm or whatever. I'm going to tell them, man, I I thought you all would grow up out of that after elementary school. That's an elementary school thing. And then I'll, I'll go through that same warning type situation. So acting immature in class, that gets old. It's, it's gotten to the point in some classes that even the other student are telling them to stop. So you know when it's gotten that far that everybody's in agreement. But think about that. Is it okay to treat new offenders after the warning differently than the offenders before the warning? It's kind of like football. You know, the, the second guy that throws the punch always is the one that gets the flag in football. It's not the first person. This is sort of like that, although it's more intense because two students did it, you warned them about it, and then another student did it just to get attention. That's the new offender, and you have to think about how if you're going to handle that the way I did or if you've got something even better. The last thing I will warn you about is the entitled students. Now, there's different reasons to be entitled. Or maybe I should say that they think they're entitled. Maybe it's because, I'm going to use all the adjectives, maybe it's because they're attractive, maybe it's because they're an athlete, maybe it's because they're smart, Maybe it's because you can tell by the way they dress that maybe their folks have some money. Maybe it's because of who they are, whatever. You've got to treat those students the same as everyone else. Here's what you should be careful about during the summer. Think back to all the students you had. Do you give favors to the ones that are entitled or think they are entitled, or are you actually the person that creates that entitlement? Are you the one that teaches a student differently because you like them more, because they dress nicer, or because they're smarter in class, or because they just won the ball game for the other team and you're a big sports person? 
I would just say this. You should not be treating students differently because they're entitled. Don't give any favors that comes across so negatively, okay? Just make sure you treat all the students equally. Had had that podcast episode a couple of weeks ago, and it was a popular episode. All this stuff that we've talked about today, we've got all summer now. Here's what I would encourage you to do. Get out a piece of paper, or if you're like me, if you'd like to take notes on the, the note app of your smartphone, make a list of not just physical things, but everything you can think of that happened negatively. And depending on how far you want to take it, you could write down how you handled it and then what you're going to do next year if it comes up again. And I think all of us going through this summer will be become better substitute teachers because just like my dad told me, we won't have to make our decision when it happens. We'll already know what we're going to do.